What's up, everybody? This is the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David Majors, noted guest on Third Seat by the Window. Uh, my co-host, Jack Noir, Count Jack Noir. What's going on, Jack? We're doing APOS again. We are, and I'm happy. I'm so happy. I'm very happy. That's all I can really say. No witty comeback this time. All right. Well, then, thanks, everybody. We'll be back again in another couple of months to do APOS. No, seriously. Um, <laughs> great great to have you back in the fold, Jack. Uh, it's, it's great to have all of the Delta Juliet Mike podcasts back at full force and in full swing once again. So let us just jump in. Uh, while the A-Posse were away, you actually did something that here on this side of, of the world is a little rare. You, Jack Noir, went to an anime con. But here's the thing. We have this thing called winter. So <laughs> the, those things, the, the anime cons, like here are on this side of, of the United States and the Midwest. It's called Anime Con Season, whereas the season is really kind of just when it's when the snow has completely melted to when it starts to get to almost start snowing again. That that's that's the con season. So really it's about 2 months. <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah, you went to Sack Anime Winter version uh not yes. that long ago, right? I sure, I sure did. That was just this weekend. And, <laughs> you know, it's really funny that you mentioned that when, uh, winter seasons are different, uh, locally for you because, uh, <laughs> we actually had a fire alarm incident. <laughs> so it was almost complete opposite the, on the elements of, oh, you, well, you get hail and sleet and snow and all kinds of frost and cold things. And here we were worried about, about fire. Still fire, yes. It, there's still fires happening in California, which is well, most <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> actually, um, just to kind of jump in with that story, uh, that was actually a prank, and uh, there were several theories going on uh, from people who were just kind of flying around and uh, not really taking in all the information that was available to them. What ended up happening was uh, there were two possibilities. One was that there was a guy that was vaping. Uh, near one of the smoke alarms and that actually turned out to be incorrect which i think uh wouldn't even make sense anyway if if he was vaping because that's that's not that wouldn't set off the smoke alarm i don't believe but then again do i even vape that's jack d tyler d at twitter.com anyway uh what Bro. actually happened and <laughs> do you even vape <laughs> I'm sorry, Internet. No, you're not. No, I'm not. That was a, that was a perfect joke, and I, I stand by it. But what really happened, David, was uh, there's this thing that um, I have the misfortune of knowing myself. It's, uh, it's a little thing called Homestuck, and a lot of ah. people go to See, these anime with, conventions with the fire alarm and the homestuck th this is this is basically sounding like anime central in chicago so mm -hmm. yeah th this this is definitely just sounding like any old anime con so keep going long story short uh they were such a huge group that they could not really 
congregate anywhere uh, concisely. So what ended up happening is they they often cut off a lot of exits. Uh, they, they were actually responsible for jamming the elevator at one point during the convention. And uh, fairly early on, uh, they were reprimanded several times on Saturday, day two, for uh, taking up too much space on the upper floor. So uh, there are several fire alarms up on the second floor. It's It's been uh, debunked that that is in fact what happened is it was kind of a retaliation from them. And I promise to some of my friends who I know are still just somehow in the dregs of that fan base, I don't begrudge you because I know you were there. I'm sure you had nothing to do with it. And I'm sorry to the people who are innocent in this matter. But as it stands, um, a large group of you decided that was a good thing to do. And I don't I don't approve. Um, once again, um, it, it sounds like Homestuck fans kind of ruining things for people. Uh, also, didn't Homestuck end like two years ago? Seriously, let it end. It's over. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty you sure it ended a while ago. Whatever, but come on. It, I, I'm unclear on when it ended, but I do know that it certainly ended because people blame all kinds of things on it ending for no discernible logic, rhyme, or reason. But it has ended. I do know that much. And uh, come on, guys. Come on. I mean, to be fair, I'm cosplaying. Uh, oh, yeah, let's talk through cosplay because I cosplayed a lot of things that have either been long since ended or have really just made a cultural resurgence and uh i'll just go through those yeah it was a three-day let's convention. talk about you had one <laughs> cosplay in particular that really caught my attention uh for for whatever reason like my broken matt hardy at yomacon you had one particular cosplay that was very much of the zeitgeist of the moment jack mm-hmm. uh ladies and gentlemen I know we all we all make jokes, but this is serious. I really, really love the meme culture that we have right now. I love opening up my little YouTube app and looking inside and seeing just a constant barrage of these meme recommendations. They're fantastic. And thusly, after my extensive research of these memes, I decided that I would take it I would take up the mantle. And for the majority of the convention, I cosplayed Robbie Rotten of Lazy Town and, more importantly, of We Are Number One fame. And that was the best decision that I've made this year. It was so much fun. Now, Jack, for... For me and the folks at home, uh, I, I will say I'm familiar with the show Lazy Town that was on Nick Jr. and, and a few memes here and there, but, but it was really like two or three years ago that that was kind of a thing and, and the actual show was even further back. So all of a sudden people are talking about lazy town and and i asked you about this because i'm i'm in my own little various fandoms so when i suddenly saw lazy town showing up in my social media it was like what why why are people talking about robbie rotten and, and lazy town what the hell is going on so jack <laughs> provide provide a little insight into just what the hell happened 
Oh yeah, this is this is an interesting story. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there was news. I believe maybe three, maybe a quarter of the way into the year last year that uh, the actor Stefan Carl Stephenson, who played Robbie Rotten, had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and somewhere along the line that brought people uh, kind of rally. People remembered him from a previous song that was very mimetic of You Are a Pirate. And I remember that one. That's pretty much all I knew of, of the show was just Yar Har Fiddle Dee Dee. Because I think that was on a John Trot episode. But people rallied and they brought back this particular song, We Are Number One, and just kind of did all manner of, of uh they didn't pervert it, but they just kind of twisted it around. They just did all different number of kinds of different things to it. Every time they say one Robbie gets a PTSD flashback and they started linking in their videos uh the link to donate to his year of healing and pretty late in December they actually met uh the donation for that they met the um the funding so that's absolutely fantastic and as a result I believe from the huge buzz that that community uh received for that they also ended up uh receiving meme of the year for we are number one so that's some excellent news i think on all fronts meme of the year david do you think that we are number one is is an accurate is an accurate meme of the year for 2016 do you feel that uh, well, I do believe that it was for a great cause. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to give it a meme of the year since an internet meme ended up being elected president of the United States. But I, I do believe True. that I, I'm glad to know that the internet and meme culture can in fact be used for good. That's a very good mm-hmm. thing. That makes they say mad. it causes cancer and it cures cancer and it's fantastic. What I like about it, honestly, without getting into a whole big thing about it, is that this is a very because it's from a kid's show, probably it's a very kind of an innocent meme. There's no real mean spiritedness about it, even though the character is an antagonist. It's just a fun, silly song. And I'm also really happy to see that um the the official Lazy Town channel has done just all kinds of things to perpetuate the meme uh, further on into its uh, shelf life of including instrumentals and the original episode, all this kind of stuff. So we're we're looking to uh, see a, a vast vast interest in this until uh, you know the next kitty picture comes along, and that's and frankly it's, that's it's all pretty we can cool. Explore. It is pretty cool when a brand embraces its memification. That usually works out in the end for everyone for the better when a brand, especially with something that's usually so squeaky clean like Nickelodeon can embrace its memeiness and it mm-hmm. works out for all. And this, this ended up being a, a great, great reason. So yeah, um, Robbie Rotten. Good choice, Jack. Good choice. Very much so. <laughs> uh, what else did you do for Sack Anime? Uh, well, I also cosplayed very briefly because I realized recognition was really low on it. But uh, I've occasionally yammered about it here on APOS. But I cosplayed my favorite freelance police officers, Sam and Max. Had a little 
plush rabbit in my hand, waved a gigantic rubber gun around. It was a good time. And I also cosplayed uh, this. <laughs> this was partly my choice, but it was also from uh, just the huge buzz that it got through last year. Um, with the show ending, uh, I, of course, reprised Bill Cipher of Gravity Falls, and that was a lot of fun. I do have a few uh, caveats from the weekend, actually, that I'd like to bring to people's attention without really going, oh, it was a terrible convention and I'd like to shame it. I just think that I'd like to bring some stuff to people's attention in case any of you you are in the area and we're thinking, oh, maybe Sack Summer, because that's coming up in uh, September. So not summer, but it's California. So yes, summer. Um they uh, they had some interesting guests. They had uh, a lot of the original Power Rangers still. They brought in uh, Paige O'Hara, who played Belle in uh, Beauty and the Beast because of the Disney remake that is coming out. And uh, they also had, this this blew my mind, Charles Martinet actually made it to Sack Anime, which that doesn't seem like that big of a convention for Charles to go to, but he was there. A lot of people were, it was a big buzz. It was awesome. However, <laughs> oh, now, oh, for those for, who don't know, <laughs> Charles Martinet is the voice of Mario, Luigi, Wal- Wario, Waluigi, Baby Mario, Baby Luigi. I think there's a Baby Wario now and Toadsworth. I apologize. Very. I should have made that more clear. Very, Very prolific. prolific. Basically just kind of the, the voice of Nintendo. And uh, pretty much <laughs> there was a really, really sad thing that happened. This story is very short. Uh, I went in to the dealer hall to buy all my uh, gifts and everything and uh, spoils of war. And I hear Charles Martinet will start his panel, his Q&A and autographs in 15 minutes. And the dealer hall is directly beneath the uh, venue that he. He was going to. Q&A. So I quickly went up the escalator and go in and I really can't blame anybody. I can't blame the person on the announcer. I think there was just a massive amount of miscommunication because I get there and they said, oh, yeah, Charles Martinet's Q&A is 15 minutes from ending. And I didn't have anything assigned. So I just asked, uh, well, when are autographs? Because I just thought I could go in line and go, wow, you know what? You're really awesome, positive guy. And, you know, thank you for being in incredible and uh they said yeah that was beforehand so uh also he's not gonna have another thing he's not gonna have another q a and all that but vic Mignotta will be here and i just kind of shook my head and left oh, and there were he a will couple be a, little hiccups. literally every anime con for the next <laughs> seven years it's true it's true but uh you know that was just one of the things there was a lot of miscommunication uh, a lot of events kind of went uh south kind of quickly because either poor planning or there was a reimagining from the staff since last year and uh you know it wasn't a bad time it still wasn't and i think the most the the thing i can attribute to that most is when you walk around in a skin tight pair of stripes and a vest and you're blaring the most mimetic song of the year you get positivity back you get what you put in david and so I consider it a uh, an unqualified success. If this was a pass or fail kind of test for conventions, this got a pass. It did. It absolutely Outstanding. did. 
Outstanding, Jack. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that your cosplay was well received. The convention went well. Uh, you, you were not amongst many cosplayers in the month of January that did not freeze your patooties off. Cause I've <laughs> seen it and it's, it's, it's not, it's not good just seeing frozen off patooties just lying all over the convention hall. It's terrible. Uh, so yeah. That's great. It really is great because I'm never going to a convention during this time of the year ever again. I, I might just watch some anime instead. And uh, there's a new service, Jack, where we might be able to watch some anime. And this Tell is me just all about it. breaking. All Tell right. me all about it in your best uh, infomercial pitch. Oh, David. Sell me on this service. Yeah, I'm not going to sell you on it because I'm not too sure that it's that great. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but go but it's out there. It exists. It's officially out there. Amazon has officially launched its first anime subscription service called Anime Strike. Uh, it has debuted its first brand subscription video on demand channel, part of the Amazon channels it provides, uh, and its other television partners. Uh, however, uh, this selection is only available to members of the Amazon Prime service, which is $99 a year. And also, on top of that, the Anime Strike subscription will run $4.99 a month. Uh, with an initial seven-day free trial, so everyone can try it. It's a seven-day free trial. Uh, no ads, and it has an anime library and a current library, uh, so... There are some out there. Uh, most recently, a show I really enjoyed from 2016, uh, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, and uh, one that we're watching on It's in Season uh, this season, Scum's Wish. Now, on paper, okay, cool. Another service for people to watch anime. That's cool. However, the devil is in the details, Jack. And the problem is, one you already have to be subscribed to Amazon Prime. And number two, mm -hmm. along with Amazon Prime, the actual anime strike service is $5.99 a month. Mm -mm. This is I did the this is as they say this yeah. Yes. Go okay. ahead. Uh it's I did the calculation of uh how much that would be for a yearly uh a year's subscription of service to Amazon Prime plus the monthly service for Anime Strike, you're paying paying about $160 a year. Mm. Yeah. This is as they say, what is it, David? What do they say? Uh, I was going to say that this is what the kids describe as, in my opinion, problematic. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go all the way and say this is problematic. This is now, the P word. I will be the first to say, I tried Amazon Prime for a little while. It is a great service. Amazon Prime is great. If this were something that I could already get with Amazon Prime, I would say this is like icing on the cake. This is like mm -hmm. waking up and Amy Adams lying right next to you. This is just, hey, this is extra bonus. However, comma. The fact that you have to pay extra with this? No. 
not cool. And the fact that if you are not subscribed to Amazon Prime, that's a double, double no. I, I really think that with as yeah. many options as there are out there for anime viewing, uh, to pay for subscriptions or to watch through ads, uh, Amazon has really, really blown it on this one. That this is not mm-hmm. good at all. And I, I would not be surprised if they get a lot of brushback for this. Mm-hmm. Th- this seems like a very much just kind of a, we know that there's a big, uh, fan base for anime. So we're going to try and cash in on that now, but they're so late and they're so poorly implemented with their uh, with their plan that it it just it doesn't seem like it's going to work. I wouldn't even say, David, if they were going to do, oh, you pay four ninety nine a month if you have Amazon Prime, but maybe it's nine ninety nine a month if you don't have Prime. Like even if they did that, kind of like a PlayStation Plus kind of deal where some features are free and some are cheaper. It still doesn't feel like a good idea, and especially since – and this, this article is vague because this is just a, a very, very new thing. But, uh, you know, you have to wonder what uh, what scope of anime are they going to have to offer. And they don't mention, okay, when are they going to get released because some people really like the simulcast. People like dubs. People like the professional subtitles. You got to think about, okay, when am I getting this? What form am I getting it in? You know, how good is the, how good is the content? (laughs) Bad, bad. And I'll even give you an example of a company that is not necessarily anime specific, like Funimation or Crunchyroll or Daisuke, that is already doing a better job than Amazon with their anime content, and that is Netflix. Netflix has had anime content for years and years and years and years and years, going all the way back to when they were just exclusively discs only. Netflix's anime library was massive. Uh, but what they've been able to do is one, adapt to the streaming environment and two, work with some of the anime companies in Japan to get some exclusive releases like Knights of Sidonia, like Ajin and, and a few others that are Netflix exclusives. Now, there are lots of people out there that might immediately say, uh, I don't know. I don't want to subscribe to Netflix just for anime. But then you think about the fact that Netflix is, for all intents and purposes, the preeminent brand in entertainment streaming. Netflix was the one that started all of this. You don't ever hear anybody say crunchy roll and chill. Although we tried. We really tried with that, David. Yeah, it it was a thing. We we gave it our all. Crunchy Uh, roll and relax. (laughs) Crunchy roll and commitment. You know, I'm getting a little older now. <laughs> I'm looking for crunchy roll and commitment. That's true. Uh, but yeah, uh, Netflix being as big a brand as it is, they had the weight to put a little bit more money behind their anime content. And it has worked out in returns for them. Uh, in the case of Amazon, I feel like it just might end up being the exact opposite. I know they've gotten a few exclusive titles, but unfortunately, those exclusive titles might go completely ignored because it is behind a paywall, which is already behind another paywall. It's behind two paywalls, not just one. 
Mm. With something like Netflix, okay, it's behind a paywall, but at the same time, you're getting Netflix, which is literally everything you could possibly want to watch. It's it's Netflix. It's the whole shebang. With Crunchyroll and Funimation, they will have some exclusive shows. You can pay for those, or you can watch the ads. You can get them subbed, or you can get them dubbed. With Hulu, well, Hulu just kind of sucks in general, but yeah, their their anime content is there and it exists. And if you want to pay for it, the service is fine. And if you want to pay to get rid of the ads, do that, because Hulu's ads are just bleh. But Amazon, Amazon is offering nothing special. Uh, not to a cord-cutting person, not to an anime fan specifically. This really does not look good for them at all, in my opinion. No. No, it does not. I am fully in agreement. I don't think that even a kind of a switch like what I suggested, like a PlayStation Plus kind of deal or a price cut or anything could make that a decent move. And really, there's just too many other options. Even if, let's say, David, we were both just, heck, yeah, Amazon Prime and I get Amazon Strike, probably wouldn't use it all that much, not compared to other venues I have to look through stuff. I really just, mm, mm -mm. I can't think of a lot of people who are going to see this news and go, oh my goodness, I can't believe. Most of the time, because Amazon Prime itself is pretty expensive. And when you really only ship textbooks for people my age, mm, it's not really worth the money. It's not really worth the money to get free shipping on two orders every six months. It really is not. So it's really uh, not for for most people it isn't i, I was just thinking jack say if mm-hmm. amazon were to hear the feedback that that they're probably getting already uh, as this was just announced and they say okay our bad our bad you get anime strike 5.99 a month <laughs> i still don't know I, I, I don't know, man. It's just it's very iffy. Also, I think part of it also has to do with the fact that I'm very, very, very biased against the uh, Amazon video service. I've bought a couple or, or rented a couple of documentaries that I wanted to watch on Amazon, which were uh, Food Incorporated and A Place at the Table for those who are interested. Really interesting, have nothing to do with anime. They're more about uh, food production in America. Very interesting, and it kind of gives you a perspective on uh, where people are that don't necessarily have the money to feed themselves. Uh, That being said, the player for Amazon videos, and it might have to do with the fact that they were longer documentaries, but it had nothing to do with my internet connection. Just everything is unwieldy, it's clunky, and I ended up not being able to finish one of them. Uh, in time before the rental period because they're just so choppy and clunky. And I even decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reset the router. I'm going to sit right next to it. I'm going to do all this kind of stuff. Nothing. I have just not had the best experience with Amazon's video player. So even if they went, hey, you know what you can do? You can try this for seven days. I'm not going to push that button, David. That's just not something I'm planning on doing. Although, you know what? For... For the sake of the APOS, I may do that before we 
Bane again for another podcast just to see how bad slash however bad it is. I, well, we'll see. We'll see. However, and, actually, and, now that I think about and, it, would they let you do the trial without Amazon Prime? Uh, no, I, I was just looking at that. It specifically said when I was reading, uh, it says enhance your prime experience. So it looks like this really is just for Amazon Prime users only. Wow. Which is wow. Um, just one more thing that, that I was thinking of. Um, in, in the case of Amazon, that is a brand name that's known as a retailer. It's known in the tech world. It's not a brand name that necessarily resonates with the cord cutters, and it's certainly not a brand name that resonates with anime viewers or or enthusiasts of anime. Uh, not in the same way as Crunchyroll or Funimation or or any of the others. So this is they have so many strikes against them. And they really came out and, well, for the lack of a better term, they struck out. Amazon oh, really you, struck out. You took out. the joke before I did. Damn it, David. Oh, well, you Had to it. do it. Had to do it. Had to do it. Three strikes, uh, Amazon. But, you're out. Yeah. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Hopefully, they'll, they'll learn from this. And uh, hopefully, we can move on to something a little more positive with a more positive outlook jack uh let's we, we normally talk about the, the games we like every once in a while so so tell me what's happening with with any of your games what's going on oh actually there is some really good news uh for fr- uh, fans of danganronpa or dang ass grandpas as i start to call it because i'm getting tired of it even though it is a fun series uh, there is an announcement that uh, for the Japanese release, Danganronpa V3, which is the third game in the series, but not the third part of the series, and I'll get into that in a second, is going to be Japanese released on January 17th this year. So that's five days from now, and you can better believe that within maybe a week of that, Maybe even less. There will be fan subs everywhere, just like the first game when it came out on PSP. And for those who don't really know, uh, for the perspective of that, fans of this game uh, did not get an English release until the PS Vita. So that's kind of crazy to think that they grabbed this PSP title and had it completely done and subbed and you could get it as a ROM basically any anime-related uh, gaming thread that you looked for. Oh, hey, I got a ra- I got a Ramadan and Ropa. Uh, that's a mouthful. You could get it as the PSP version. It's insane how much people really, really love this game. But David, I want to tell you really quickly because uh, I did something kind of unusual this last week. Uh, yeah, I watched I watched some anime. <laughs> that doesn't hey. happen too often with me. <laughs> Uh, and one of the series I watched was Danganronpa 3. Uh, there are three different series for this, actually, and I wasn't aware of this, so I was very uh, confused as I searched for places to stream it. There's the Hope arc, there is the Despair arc, and there's the Future arc. And what I'm watching right now is the Future arc. And David, I recommend this. I would say, you know, whatever hangups that you had with stuff and i know we, we watched dang and wrestling and that was rad but you know i know there's a couple things that people kind of get a little bit hang up on with dang and rumpa and that's you know everybody's in high school there's all these rules the school setting is here 
this has been thrown to the wayside, David. Not only is everybody a grown ass adult, but they all feel, they're all alumni of the special little school. But they're out of there. They're in this really swank ass building, basically in a war zone, trying to pick up the pieces from the results of these various killing games that have been going down at these fancy, fancy schools. And um, there's even less rules. There's pretty much nothing stopping them from leaving, but they have conditions. Each person has a special little uh, bracelet around them that has a forbidden action. And it's unique to each person. And uh, I, I gotta say, that I think the only thing that's really gotten this intense, even the original Danganronpa didn't get this intense, this feels like like a nice rehashing, almost of Battle Royale, the original. And uh, for those who listen, the original Hunger Games, basically. Put down Hunger Ooh. Games and read Battle Royale. Or watch Battle Royale if you like cheesy movies. This is awesome, David. This is a really awesome series. And even if you can't really follow from a lot of the previous plot points of what the hell's a remnant of despair? Who the hell's Junko Enoshima? The the dub is really nice about making this a very nice standalone series of, okay, some crazy bitch died and now the world's in war. Okay, awesome. We're in a really cool place. And here's the thing I knew would absolutely catch your attention, David. There are some really interesting players in this particular game. First of all, not only are there, you know, your handful of young adults who are all alumni of these special schools, but they also have, first of all, an old-ass, awesome, badass grandpa. He's great. He's the chairman, and you learn really quickly on that he can handle himself. But there is one particular character that I saw that I knew you would immediately latch on as being pretty much your favorite character. His name mm. is the great Gozo. He wears a large deer head mask and he is known as the ultimate wrestler. He has a very soft spoken personality, but he gets extremely mad when his values are challenged. And the dub of him is incredible. One of my favorite lines in the series thus far has been, people are counting on you, jackass. He is great. I love him. The Great that Gozel. That has my attention. The Great Gozel. Okay. And that is Danganropa V3. Where is this show available, Jack? I believe it is available on Crunchyroll. Dub, sub, all that good stuff. And I recommend right. the dub. And it is, for clarity's sake, for all those listening, the future arc. I have not taken a look at the others yet, as I'm not finished with future arc yet. But there is also hope arc and despair arc. And I do not know in which order I'm supposed to watch them. But as I said, the future arc so far has been pretty standalone. So it's not bad. Not bad at all. So get that a look-see. And uh, David, how about how about Gaming World for you? How's games going? What you playing? Uh, games are actually going. Uh, I actually bought some games for myself for Christmas. I bought Guilty Gear, and I bought Blaze Blue. Uh, I found myself uh, attaching myself to Johnny in Guilty Gear, 
And in mm. Blaze Blue, I'm still kind of figuring out who I want to play. But so far with those two games, those are the ones that I'm really attaching myself towards. I love the technicality of Blaze Blue. I love the mm-hmm. complexity of it. Yes. Uh, in the case of Guilty Gear, it really feels it was surprisingly easy for me to get into and finding a character that I liked ended up being a lot quicker than I expected it to be. In the case of blaze blue, I'm still kind of feeling it out. I'll have to jump back into blaze blue and feel that out some more. Which uh, but of, let, uh, the games do you, are, are you looking at right now? Uh, what did you it, buy it specifically? I've got a guilty gear revelator or sorry. Is that it? Yeah. Guilty Gear Revelator. Yeah. Uh, and Blaze So the Blaze Blue Gear. Yes. And Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Uh so th- those are as far as I can tell the two most current versions. So mm-hmm. eventually when I feel comfortable enough uh, out of arcade mode and out of tutorial mode we'll we'll see if the the quest to get good, which is my unofficial resolution for 2017 really goes. But Jack. Yes. Uh, also, uh the PlayStation Plus uh service uh and PlayStation Now put Tekken Tag 2 on PlayStation Now. And I was Yo. so happy. Because people know that Tekken to me is like where my soul is. And when I got into Tekken Tag 2 on PlayStation Now, it was like riding a bike. It it was like seeing uh, an old ex-girlfriend from high school or or college or just (laughs) my younger days. Where the only reason we really broke up is because one of us had to move away. Uh, we, we always kept in touch and we were always cool, but now that they've moved back into town, it's like, hey, do, do you want to go get dinner? And it, it was like, it was like old love all over again playing Tekken. Uh, which leads me into the latest on Tekken 7. Um, as of right now, uh, there is a strong possibility that we're looking at February or March for the official Yo. U.S. PlayStation release of Tekken 7. Yes, it has been out in Japan and in the arcades for about two years already. But credit to Namco and Katsuhiro Harada for taking as much time as humanly possible to get this game to be as bug-free and as perfect and as can possibly be. And now there are rumors that it might actually end up on the Nintendo Switch, everybody. Yo. So for all you, for all you Nintendo fans out there that are getting ready for the Nintendo Switch, you might be getting ready for the next battle with Tekken 7, which means you might even be able to play Akuma. Let's go. So, yeah, Tekken 7. Also, since you mentioned wrestling with Danganronpa, uh, I, I'm going to bring this back to Tekken. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, of course, to wrestling fans out there, uh, the largest Japanese wrestling promotion out there, uh, gaining a lot of more Western buzz in recent weeks. Uh, they are working out some things with Tekken. 
Uh, some of the characters in Tekken will have sort of New Japan pro wrestling, uh, skins and outfits. Uh, Brian Fury and Jack the Robot are going to have Bullet Club t-shirts because they're going to be in the Bullet Club. Uh, Nina, my sister-in-law, because her sister Anna is my waifu. Nina's my sister-in-law. And a few others will have, uh, Chaos, uh, for the Chaos faction. And King, the long-tenured Tekken character and pro wrestler, will have a very specific outfit. Uh, and King will have an outfit that is in the vein of the ring jacket of the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. And it is this fantastically extravagant ring jacket, and when he does his rage art, Money rains down from the sky like Okada, and it's it's wonderful. King will also do Okada's signature finisher, the Rainmaker clothesline, and it's like a wonderful convergence of two of my favorite things, Jack. It's Tekken, it's wrestling, and they're all merging together, and I'm just overflowing with hype. Like, it's just oozing out of my pores. It's kind of disgusting. I thought you were immune to hype, but it's good to hear that there are still things that can get the hype flowing. Oh, it's it's Tekken. It's it's Tekken. Like, There's it, always it one my, thing. It makes my hand shake. I'm so hyped for Tekken. <laughs> yes. And, and right, um, what I especially love about this awesome is news. that in in recent times, Jack, what I especially love about this is that the fighting game world has really embraced. It's very obvious allusions to the world of pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, be- best example of this is the CEO tournament in Chicago, where the grand finals actually take place inside of a wrestling ring. <laughs> and competitors have entrances. They can choose music. If you watch Evo, it looks like a big arena event where they walk down the aisle with the crowd and everything. And it's... It's wonderful. I love when fighting games and pro wrestling collide. It's just, it's everything I could ever hope for. Even people start uh, dressing up flamboyantly in uh, Evo tournaments as well. One of my they, favorite, yes. uh, one of my favorite citations of this is uh, the infamous uh, Sonics and Swift Fox Dash, the two furries of the community, who are surprisingly very non-creepy individuals. It's always good to see you know, good, good folks out there who aren't, you know, incredibly vulgar with their hobbies, but they're, they, and, and Sonic, Sonic Fox in particular, Sonic mm-hmm. Fox in particular, uh, in the, the nether realm games in justice and mortal Kombat, uh, as I was explaining to uh, my buddies on sports odds and ends, Sonic Fox is, uh, as far as the nether realm fighting games go, he's the university of Alabama. He's the New England Patriots. He's John Cena. He is the straight-up dominant force. So even if he was kind of a creepy furry, which he isn't, nobody could say anything because he always wins everything. It's true. It's true. You really, the only reason that you know he's a furry is because he mentions it himself, and he's so off, he's so so very nonchalant about it. I've seen him on some uh, some off-week 
streams where he just kind of shows up to some casual tournaments and uh, they bring him on to commentate. And one of my favorite little jokes of his was he took his headphones and he put them on the top of his head where he had his little uh, his signature blue cat ears and said, hey, let's make this canon, guys. It was a good time. And he had some great res- commentary. And it was really fun. He respects the canon, which is always he does. important. Respect canon. And I got to figure out how they're going to figure out the canon to have Akuma from Street Fighter with Tekken 7. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm so excited. I'm uh, glad you're Jack? Happy. Yes. There is something out there that has had a lot of people excited. Uh, one anime in particular. Uh, as you know, and some of you out there listening may know, uh, I skipped the full anime season. Uh, just cause it all looked kinda ass, uh, for the lack of a better term. Uh, but there was one show in particular that was just frickin' inescapable. Uh, and that show was Yuri on Ice. Um, I gave it a binge watch. I, I watched it, uh, when it was on episode 10, and I got myself caught up, and I finished the show as it finished. Uh, Jack? Uh, I already talked about my thoughts on Yuri on Ice on its in season, uh, and we can talk about it a little bit later. But uh, I know you mentioned that you have something you want to say. I know you were going to do something for Anime Outsiders about it as well. So uh, it's been it's been a little while, Jack. So you you wanted to say something on Yuri on Ice? So go ahead. Yeah, I hate it. And oh, really? No, but uh, yeah, yeah. I do not like it. I do not like it one bit. And uh, that, for that's even stronger than me. I have to say, that's, that's much stronger. Mm-hmm. I have to say right now, I do not hate what it's trying to do. I will get into that. I promise I will get into that. And I do not hate the fan base, even though a lot of them are very in your face about this stuff, because I don't hate what you do. I hate what this show did to you and your expectations of how this kind of stuff is handled. And I, I do not hate anybody who enjoyed the show and just all this kind of stuff. Just maximum disclaimer here. This is my own opinion. And for many reasons, this is, you know, not the show for me. It isn't. Uh, I did not like free. I do not really like sports anime in general. I think the only two that I really ever enjoyed and it was in a very, touch and go kind of basis where I liked Prince of Tennis. Prince of Tennis is awesome. And I liked Princess Nine, but that was uh, very, very, very fleeting. I watched a lot of Prince of Tennis, never really watched all of uh, Princess Nine yet. Uh, but I don't, I don't go in for, you know, homoerotic undertones or overtones in this case for Yuri on Ice. Um, and with your permission, David, I'd like to just jump into uh, some of my specific problems with the series, if I can. Jack, by all means, uh, dissenting opinions, especially on Yuri on Ice, uh, are more than welcome. I'm especially interested because uh, I will give my own thoughts to you in a little bit. So by all means, mm-hmm. I yield the remainder of my time. All right. So first of all, I, I heard... I heard from people who really, really liked the show. They said, oh, it, you know, it, the skating isn't really a thing. It's kind of an afterthought. But the first episode really, really gets into the skating. And 
I, David, I have a uh, very limited set of things to do in the town I live in. I'm kind of a ways off from the city or the capital, so I don't really have a lot. So I have an ice rink and a bowling alley and that kind of stuff. And so I do enjoy skating and I enjoy a lot of the little particulars of it and all that good stuff. Um, this doesn't tickle my fancy with that. Uh, for one thing, yes, a lot of tricks in ice skating, especially figure skating are very repetitive, especially the rotations, axle stuff like that. But I really just, People just want to laud the animation. And it even won the Anime Awards Best Animation. That is not that. No. No, no, David. That really should it have been rotoscope, given to Mob Psycho. Wasn't it? wasn't it Rotoscope? First of all, yeah. First of all, Rotoscope uh, is maybe the laziest animation technique. That is when you draw over or directly reference, but mostly you're drawing over uh, live action footage of, of an action. It's usually done to make it a little bit easier for a high action scene and, or something like this where it's a very specific action. It's figure skating and you want it to look uh, as as uh, polished as possible or as similar to the action. It is not smooth. Everything looks like it's on 10 frames a second and it's very noticeable. But it kind of vibes with the rest of the anime because a lot of it is kind of mixed with overacting, which is smooth in the secondary actions of the hair and the facial expressions, and then the main action itself of pointing your finger or jumping about whatever they're doing is very, very uh, downplayed in that usual limited anime uh, animation style. And I get it, you know? Uh, when you're paid basically for every frame and you're overworked and you're a Japanese salaryman just trying to eke out a living, yeah, yeah. Animation's not going to be ghibli smooth every single frame but geez i i heard so many good things about the animation but then again i heard good things about the animation of steven universe and that's also a disappointment people told you the animation on that show was good people don't know what they know about animation people think they know but they don't know i shelled I mean, out i don't so i much don't money. know animation i don't and, mm. and I'm I'm here mm. saying people told you the I, animation I'll tell you right on now, that show was good. Yeah, I, I heard nonstop animation is good. But here's the thing, David. There's three words I hear going around that people don't know what they mean when it comes to, well, four technically, but I'll get into that, of uh, what people like to throw around when they go, oh, yeah, this show is really good. And you ask why the answers are the animation is good. The pacing is good. And the character development good. People don't know what these words mean. They don't really know what they mean. I am allowed to say this, David, because I have since we spoke last uh, for quite a few months now. I shelled out a bunch of money to get my hands on some Richard Williams uh, tapes, DVDs, all that kind of stuff uh, to learn his aspects of animation. For those who don't know, Richard Williams was the animation director for my favorite movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You don't fucks with him. You don't fucks with his methods of animation. He learned from the nine old men of Disney. He is a genius. And I have the now have the authority, after this 
epic training sequence I've done that would make Ichigo Kurosaki blush, I have the tools to be able to look at this and go, no, this is this is trash. You don't know what you're talking about. It does not. <sighs> it's clunky. The rotoscope is very, very obvious. And uh, even in when you're actually performing an ice skating, uh, when you're performing a rotation, anything, even if it is extremely uh, repetitive, it's still there's a on footage on regular video footage. There is, uh, you know, human human error. People are going to wobble a little bit. They're going to have minute motions off center when you loop your animation with something like this with a sport it does not look good it doesn't i did not like that i did not like that at all that having been said there is something i do like about the visuals of this i think the character designs are a little bit up than usual even if the style is very generic and i actually really appreciate the fact that our main character yuri is uh he's not necessarily physically trim to begin with he is kind of a chub and that's not something you see in anime very very often do. They usually are very low to no detailed characters, and uh, they tend to be the butt of a joke. So having him the main character was kind of like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, kind of a different thing. The pacing. To begin with, I'm not a person who enjoys uh, that kind of cutaway exposition that they just ram in your throat from the beginning onward. Uh, I think the only time I ever really liked that was The Emperor's New Groove. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. The interaction to begin with, with uh, Yuri and Victor, was very forced. It was so artificial. Victor is a character I just really did not like from the get-go. I think just in this sense of his animation, he looks really, really fabricated and everything he does feels extremely forced including when he goes oh yeah no i'm your coach now no big deal also i'm naked and in short i'll just leave it there i think the interactions were just really especially between the two of our uh, main characters the lovers are very mm, it, it just felt really really artificial to me so i'll just kind of use that to say again my last point is guys being gay is not special. It is not. I love I love people of the same sex. What can I say? I'm just saying that right now. And I think that a lot of pe- people out there listening, yep, no, it's good. It's cool. If you like someone of the same gender or a different gender or whatever, it's fine. But it doesn't give you a special award either way. And I think that's something that people miss. They think, oh, it's gay. That's a big, big star in its favor. That's a reason to watch it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the people making this show thought the same thing. And it gets butts in seats, people. And that's all it did. That was all it was there for. I guarantee you, this anime has played out like 90% of any kind of anime that would have the same type of plot if the character were a girl. Just imagine it for a second, David. If oh, Harry were well, a Jack, girl, I'm glad I'm similar? glad you mentioned that. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because uh, not long after Yuri on Ice ended, there was a movie on the Hallmark Channel live action here in America called Love on Ice <laughs> <laughs> that caught a lot of people's attention. 
because the plot was pretty similar, except the main character was, in fact, a girl. And, you know, there you go. the coach was a guy. Yeah, but there you go. Yuri kind of feels to me, character-wise, like he was just kind of redesigned from a cute moe girl. Like, maybe if he and then the girl Yuko, who's married with their little shit kids, it kind of feels like if they switched places design-wise. That's really what it feels like to me. Like, this started out as just a romance anime, and then they went, no, let's make it gay, because that'll get butts in seats. It's exactly the reason why there's a big 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 surgeons in new level players in overwatch because they came out with their flagship character being gay and that got more people playing it or more people talking about it either way they get publicity for it and as we've seen it wins you all the awards and david i don't like it really feel like there's a different way to approach this i feel like there's a different way to approach gayness in media And you know what that approach is, David? I'll let you and our listeners in on a little secret. It's not special. It's just like anything else. They don't do anything different. Gay people are just kind of sitting around watching TV, pulling each other's hair, making cookies. It's not different at all. And it's not worth pointing out and having a big old fuss and song and dance about. It's the same thing. It's really just the same thing. I promise. <sighs> I cannot I speak on I cannot speak on that part personally, but I think why so many queer people enjoyed how popular Yuri on Ice was was it was because at least in the universe of the show, Yuri and Victor and their relationship was kind of treated kind of normal it wasn't it wasn't looked at as being a weird thing it was just okay they're a thing all right Uh, and i guess that's kind of what they were looking for what it is you were trying to say to where they were treated normally it wasn't treated out of the ordinary uh as far as the anime itself we are in complete agreement on the rotoscoping and how it won mm. all of those awards, including the animation, I guess I didn't get all that worked up about it because we already went through this with Undertale. And the thing that I said on Twitter was, this is basically Undertale all over again. It's just yeah. the fan base of that show getting super enthusiastic and super passionate about this one thing. And just going crazy over it, which we can trace that all the way back to, let's bring it back to what we talked about earlier on the show. We can trace that all the way back to Homestuck, or Doctor Who Mm -hmm. in the new era, or My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, or Hitalia. It's just, when a show, or game, or anything, captures the attention of one particular age demographic and, and target demographic, they go supernova about it. And mm-hmm. that's part of why Yuri on Ice became so inescapable. Now, me, I am not in that target demographic at all. Nothing about the relationships, uh, 
or the characters or the figure skating resonates with me at all. And it was really not nearly as bad as I expected. I expected so much worse. I've seen a lot of terrible rom-com animes, just because I have friends that have a pretty rather diverse taste in anime that don't always match up with my own. Yuri on Ice was nowhere near the worst type of tropey rom-com anime that I've ever seen, and I'll give it credit for that. The relationship between the two characters was nowhere near as bad as I've seen. Not even close to anywhere near as bad as I've seen. I would even say that some of the characters on the show were actually showed some depth and some growth. Uh, one in particular, JJ. He started out one way, and then you saw that he was a bit more human than he originally let on, and I actually grew to like him quite a bit. So, I'll give them the fact that the characters are not as hollow and one-dimensional as I expected them to be, given the track record of this type of show. I, I will give you that. The supporting cast is surprisingly non-threatening, I guess the word I would say is. A lot of them had some interesting relationships you don't really see. Like, I was blown away to find out that Yuko, uh, Yuri's childhood friend, didn't just sit around and wait for him to come back so then she would be the the one available girl who would get in the way of the romance of the gay. No, she she got married. She moved on. She has kids. No big deal. That was surprisingly realistic and really welcome for me. It, it was really more, Suffice more to of say, the main characters. Y- Yuko was definitely my favorite character in the show, for yeah, sure. Yeah, she, she had her shit going on. But yeah. I really just had some big problems with the main characters. And even a little bit with uh, Yurio. I, ugh, I hate that there yeah, are two he, characters he named was... Yuri in the series. That sucks. I hate it. That's yeah, like that, the one that was, thing that I'm just vehement about. No, don't. That, do that this. was not cute. That was not cute in any way. And mm-hmm. he, as a character, was just. Bleh. Bleh. That's what I'll say. He was. Bleh. The actual figure skating. I really didn't have much of an issue with it. I understood the necessity of the context of it. However, around five or six episodes in, when we were seeing the routines repeatedly, mm-hmm. it started to feel like padding. It started to feel like they were padding for time. And eventually that got old. It, it was important to get through, but it started to drag just a little bit. So th- that was my one major point against Yuri on Nice was that after a while the skating routines started to drag. I'm not a fan of figure skating. It's just not something I'm really into. There are people that, that is... love it. There are people that have done it. Mm-hmm. I respect it. I just felt like here, after a while, it got a little tedious. I love figure skating and I couldn't really get through the f- well it, it, the sounds like an exaggeration but i promise you it's true i couldn't get through the opening of the show 
that I think that might be the, the the litmus test for people. How badly do you want to watch animated rotoscoped figure skating on ten frames per second, maybe less? Uh, watch the opening. Which, I mean, maybe this is me being really nitpicky and a little bit bitter because I just I'm I'm not happy with the results that this this got in anime awards. But what can you do? You're absolutely right with it's just it's this tsunami of a fan base. But uh, I, I feel like the opening, especially the song, is very uh, seems a little arrogant. We were born to make history. Mm. If you're talking about being gay in anime, I think, you know, maybe some random yaoi hentai in the 90s maybe beat you to that. But nice nice sentiment there over the loop of 12 seconds of skaters skating Mm -mm. good times it 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 really isn't as bad as i am making it sound it isn't but i don't appreciate it i didn't really find anything all that fun in it i feel like there were a lot of things that maybe if it were in a different anime i would have enjoyed but i really just don't appreciate the romance because it just feels so anime it feels very much just like a regular boy and girl romance but with two guys and i know that well, kind of sounds let, like let me, I'm going let me against... stop you there for a second yeah. um what what you just said it it feels like a regular romance between a boy and a girl but it's with two guys that's kind of the impression i got and mm. again i'm not in the target demo i don't really have a dog in this fight I guess that's why I'm saying yeah, with the case I, of Victor being a little annoying now and then, I really didn't have a problem with the relationship, how it's built, because I was expecting so much worse. I was expecting this to be so much more anime tropey than it was. That's that's actually um, what I was about to say is um, I feel as if it's it's got those tropes. I feel them and yes i know a lot of what i just said of oh it feels like a boy and girl romance but between two guys sounds very much against what i just said a while ago of don't treat gays like they're any different don't treat this relationship any differently it still feels like they're filling these roles and then david do you remember the freaking pork cutlet bowl comment because that pissed me right off oh really like like yeah. in the very beginning of the series? Like when when uh when Victor compares him to a pork cutlet bowl. Okay. okay. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That first of all, that's a very big trope in any romance, you know? You see that everywhere in anime. <sighs> Maybe it, it's not just that particular thing, but those kinds of things are just so anime. And I know it's because it's an anime that it's going to have that kind of a situation, but it just makes no sense and it's uncomfortable. And maybe, maybe it's because I am a person who was probably specifically targeted for this. Hey, you like ice skating and you're pretty gay. Here you go. No, I didn't like it. And maybe I have, maybe, maybe just maybe David, I'm triggered because it just doesn't work like that in real life. But I don't know, comparing somebody to food for one thing, 
uh, proclaiming your love, proclaiming your dedication to them and their art them in the best you can and then they become an arrogant jackass and also we're naked occasionally that kind of stuff just doesn't it does not resonate makes me uncomfortable i don't appreciate and, and that. i'm i'm with you i'm absolutely with you and maybe it's just because i am a straight dude 100 percent cisgendered heterosexual dude it did not hit me as hard as it clearly hit you. Like, I understand what you're saying about the pork cutlet bowl, and I thought the same thing you did. I thought, okay, they're doing something that has been done quite a few times in anime, where he, where one of the characters loves food, and we're gonna use that as a way to make an allegory for loving a character, and we're off and running. I'm with you on it, but I guess I just gave it a pass because I went into Yuri on Ice with my guard up. I, I went in saying, this is going to be awful. I'm going to hate this. And I ended up just thinking, eh, it's, it's okay. You know, it's not something I would overly recommend, but it was fine. But but I'm hearing you. I'm I'm absolutely mm -hmm. getting where you're coming from. I think it's also because I just don't watch a lot of overt romance. Yeah, I watched my love story, but that was kind of a weird thing because it was this big tall guy you don't usually associate with getting the girl TM. You know, it was it looked like somebody who's usually like a comical background character, and he's getting this with this tiny little anime moe chick that kind of stuff like i don't usually go out and go oh i have to see what rinako chan and tamako senpai i just gotta see if he notices her i just gotta know i notices i don't watch anything particularly saucy where stuff actually does end up getting into the romance pretty heavily usually it's just kind of anything that has a romance aspect to it in an anime that I tend to watch either it's not really there they're already in the relationship or it's very implicit there's not a whole lot of time spent on the relationship itself there's not a scene specifically to go are they gonna kiss are they gonna kiss and then all of a sudden you're just like my favorite box of Oda and Hitachi and then they kiss actually you know what <laughs> for those who um for those who want a little bit of a kick of that kind of anime tropiness, I realized um Pro Z D just recently put out a couple of uh videos on uh Instagram of the Cherum anime, where every harem character is a is an inanimate object. So you have the twins who are a set of wooden chairs, yes. there's fridge senpai, yes. TV senpai, and the the sports announcer who is announcing an anime confession is also a great one. But no, I just don't watch that kind of stuff a lot. Actually, just thinking about, we just talked about uh, Danganronpa 3, there's actually a character, uh, there, there's a couple characters who are together. Uh, the ultimate confectioner and the ultimate blacksmith. They are a straight anime couple. Boo. But you don't have a huge extended scene. I know, boo, gosh, why are you down with down with the straights? Jeez, let's pick it and complain about people who are continuing the human race. 
somehow that makes sense but really uh they're very they're already together for one thing so the whole series is not based on are they gonna get together and in a separate anime they probably would heavily heavily focus on that but they're they're holding on to each other because it's a scary situation and they have maybe one scene where they're actually talking about plot related stuff and the girl's kind of cuddling him a little bit that's about it that's as far as my anime romance goes i don't look online for the latest anime of will senpai notice me that's just not my scene. So I think a lot of that also has to do with this. I did, did watch Hal. Hal is a straight up romance anime, but there's other stuff going on that I liked about it. And I know that was maybe like OG uh, A3K podcast days. That was maybe even like first one. I talked about how much I liked Hal. But again, I think the difference is that's a movie. That's not, you know, 12 hours of this. And I think that also makes a difference. But I'm interested in knowing what other people think. You just reminded me of something, Jack. One of my favorite anime ever. Mm. Ergo Proxy. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, that is a romance anime. Vincent and Riel, there is kind of that overlying idea of, are they going to do it? And the... It's kind of answered, but not really. Uh, it's not overt. It's not done in a really fan service way at all, because there are a billion other things going on. Uh, in the case of Yuri on Ice, and a lot of, well, romance anime, the fact of whether they're going to get together or not is the core plot. And I think... That is where Yuri on Ice fails, when you have one character that's basically a, a personality-less Moe character who's just dressed as dude, and Victor. <sighs> God damn it, it, it Victor. Just, yeah, yeah, Victor. I've, I've had enough of Victor to last me a lifetime. But when you've got two characters like that, it... It won't click all always. It, and yeah, I, I hear you, Jack. I hear you. And maybe it's just because I went into Yuri on Ice with my guard up so high. And so it didn't, it didn't sting as much yeah. as it did for you. But yeah, I hear you. I do hear you. Yeah. Yeah. It really depends on what your expectations are for this and also what your tastes are. And I think the fact that I, kind of went in hoping oh maybe i can at least you know suffer through dinner get through the dessert like maybe there'll be some really cool well animated uh figure skating scenes nah you know i went in with a semi positive outlook and uh as a result i have i want to say it's maybe upwards of three thousand words already written for anime outsiders so look forward to that ladies and germs look forward to that but yeah, like I said, I really I don't begrudge you, David, or really anybody else for enjoying this. I'm not going to say you're doing the straights a problem because you know what? This... I wouldn't go so far as to say I enjoyed it. Well, yeah, you, you didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. And yeah. there are other people who have much higher opinions of it, obviously. And I don't 
I don't, I'm able to separate my dislike of a piece of media from dislike of actual human beings. I know that's hard for some people out there, but you know, when you're an adult, that's what you learn to do. And I, I really, I don't mind at all. I don't think it's a problem that this thing has gotten so much buzz. Let me put it this way, David. It's kind of like what happened with Sausage Party. I know a lot of people who maybe enjoy Yuri on Ice are like, you idiot, you cuck. Don't do that. Don't compare them. But what I mean by that is, you know, it gets people thinking, this isn't the kind of R-rated animation content I want. So let me take a look at it from another direction. This might inspire people who are kind of in the same boat as me or people who, you know, maybe really, really liked Yuri on Ice. There are going to be people out there going, you know what? We can have more of the game things. And maybe, just maybe, there are going to be people who are actually gay writing gay scenes or characters. And as a result, it's not going to end up being a super de-duper special plot point of anything. It's just going to be, yep, they're gay. That's fine. And I know, David, that The Walking Dead, your favorite, has uh, been doing a pretty good job of that. I have been keeping my ear to the ground on that. I've heard good things about that. I also yeah, there are a couple of different that they relationships. Die frequently, yeah. but you know that's a thing. There are a couple but of different so, relationships I, in the show. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. That's the kind of stuff. I'm not. I'm not crazy about you know. We need in every bit of media everywhere. We need all this kind of stuff added. We just. Make what you want, people. I mean, I'm a tiny little podcaster in a tiny little, uh, you know, pond, and we've got this great big world of people making. So there's going to be one person out there that maybe is like, oh, well, I know what you mean. But, uh, yeah, I think that the big takeaway is just, you know, people are going to make what they're going to want. And I think just maybe that this kind of thing with this huge buzz is going to maybe skew a few people to go. Yeah, you know what? You're right. We don't have to be we don't have to be very uh you know, touch and go with the idea of alternate relationships. We can and we can have them out there. So that's speaking good. as someone that's the, else. That's the positive. And I will say speaking as someone else who's on the outside looking in, I can say that I watched Yuri on Ice fully aware of what the relationship was, and I can say, I didn't hate it. I wasn't freaked out. I didn't think it was icky or weird. So there are some of us out there that are totally okay with relationships that aren't typically considered as the norm. And if that leads to more creators creating more things, I, for well... I'm totally okay with it. I say, go on, do what you do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the big takeaway from this is that it doesn't have to be a scary thing and people aren't going to be afraid of it. So that's a good, that's a very good. And this has been a very Boy, that's, good. That's good to get off my chest. I'm, I'm glad. And this has been a very good anime podcast of some sort, Jack, hasn't it? I think it certainly has. I'm so glad that we're starting this up again. Happy New Year, yes, everyone. we are. We're back. The anime podcast of some sort is back. This one's my favorite, everybody. Jack, 
it's great <laughs> to talk to you again. What have you got going on? Tell us where we can see you dancing as Robbie Rotten and, and anything else you want to tell us. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that specifically because it is for the very reason that I cosplayed Robbie Rotten. Uh, that I got a surprising amount of people who mentioned that the only social media that they have is Instagram and not being anything more than a mere attention whore. I have to say I knew Instagram was going to be a thing eventually because a lot of artists end up on Instagram and I've already gotten people asking for commissions of their favorite Overwatch characters. So I'm going to be putting some of cosplay pictures, Overwatch. some art. Oh, yeah. It's always Overwatch. Or as I'm starting to call it to make certain people confused and mad, Hovercrotch. Uh, you can find all that kind of good stuff on my new Instagram at JackTheArtiste. That's all one word, no hyphens. And artist has an E at the end because I'm fancy. However, I'm also... Also putting stuff on Twitter in case you're a little bit more, uh, a, you know, part of the norm, part of a conversation, whatever. Twitter at Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. And of course, basically my main method of, you know, throwing stuff out there that art, writing, yelling at people, all kinds of good stuff. Da tumbles, da tumbler, all that good stuff. And that's at... Dr. Junkenstein, I presume, with hyphens through each of those words. And I'm sorry it's a mouthful. I changed it for Halloween, and it's a, it's a good time. It's a very good time. But thank you so much, David, and thank you, everyone, and thank you in advance for your forgiveness of uh, this Yuri on Ice discussion. Because like I said, I don't hate you. I don't really hate anything. I just hate bad animation it's really about it i'm a simple guy and i certainly don't hate you i thank you for listening and i especially thank you for subscribing to the anime podcast of some sort in itunes stitcher and wherever else you can find this podcast you can subscribe to all of the other podcasts we do at deltajuliamike.com and look for them in itunes and stitcher and all those other places Follow Jack on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at just call me DJM. Use the hashtag APOS, A to the P to the O double S, and join the APOSI post haste, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. On behalf of Count Jack Noir, thank you so much for listening. This is the anime podcast of some sort, and we'll do this again in the not too distant future. Thank you!